assuming that that's going to be or hoping that that's going to be the baseline that mm. is going to be like that. And that's not my experience. My no. experience, the business is you do a thousand things and 990 of them aren't going to work. They're not going to do anything. And you might have a few that, that actually do well. And then one or two that take off and you're like, Oh my God. But those moments for me are few and far between. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have David Wood here with me, and this is my first interview of 2021, and so I am extremely excited to talk to him. Uh, David built the world's largest coaching business, become number one on Google for life coaching. Uh, discovering this, that shiny object syndrome is an epidemic among high performers. And so David coaches rockstar business owners to double revenue, achieve more in less time, and be a more extraordinary entrepreneur, partner, parent, and leader. Just before coming on the show, we were talking a bit about uh, he straddles between life coach and business coach. And so should be a very fun interview and a very fun conversation. So with that, David, welcome to Money Talkers. Thanks, Cody. Glad to be here. And I love the premise of your show. I love this. Like, let's let's prep parents to be able to talk to their kids about financial issues and entrepreneurship. So you got my mind going in a whole bunch of different directions already. Well, that's going to be fun, man. So I'm excited to talk to you about that because there's such a wide range of things that we can get into. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to kind of ask you as you got into this, what prompted you to get into coaching? Well, I figured I pretty much had it made because... I was originally, I was good at math. So I went and, and studied uh, how to become an actuary, uh, which is all about numbers and finance and insurance and probability and statistics. And I was in New York co uh, working with Sony Music and Ford and Chanel and Exxon. And I, I'm like, I'm like 24. And here I am with an office on Park Avenue. This is amazing. And then someone recommended I go and do a personal growth course because I wasn't uh, happy in my marriage. And I had so much judgment. I'm like, no, they're all a bunch of self-help junkies. They can't think for themselves. And it's going to be some kind of cult. And they're just going to try and suck me in. But, uh, oh, and I went along and they all had name tags and they smiled way too much. And I'm like, <laughs> no way can this be good for somebody. But I thought, let me just get in and get out. And I'll see if I learn something. And they cracked my cynicism. I didn't know that there were people who really want the world to be a better place. And they've devoted their life to it. I just didn't have a frame of reference for that. So they cracked my heart open. And 
in the second program, because I, I said I wouldn't do a second one, but then I saw people who'd done the second program and they were bouncing off the walls with enthusiasm. And I'm like, whatever you guys got, I want a piece of it. So I did the second one and I found myself coaching people. I couldn't help help it. If they were stuck, if they didn't know how to do something, if they're afraid of something, I'd probably say something that the teacher said yesterday. And I'm like, what about this? Have you tried this? And I accidentally changed somebody's life overnight. Really? It, it was an incredible experience coaching her. She apparently uh, 10 years ago, her husband had had an affair and she'd been using that to manipulate and control him for 10 years. And she confessed that to me. And then she let me know that 10 years ago, she had also had an affair, but she didn't tell him that piece of information. And so I watched her wrestle with this and screw up the courage to go and tell him and to risk her marriage. I had three kids and she went and she risked it just for the sake of integrity and for love. And uh, she came back and she said that she and her husband felt like they were floating on air the whole weekend, six feet above the ground in love. And I'm like, I want to know more about this coaching. How does it work? How do I get better at it? So I, I went and got myself trained. And there's nothing I like more than helping someone take the puzzle pieces of their life or their business. And it's all overwhelming because they're inside the jar. You can't read the label from, out, from inside the jar. But I'm outside the jar. And I can read the label. And I help them put it together. And I watch them go and have their life or business get better. That's a good feeling for me. So that's how I got into it. And so did you, how did you transition from that personal side into being a CEO coach or a business coach? Yeah. Oh, I like that question. Well, yeah, I started personally because I'm like, what do I know about business? Um, and I didn't think I knew anything. So I, and I'd done all this personal growth work and I, uh, it sat with teachers. And so I started on the personal side. And then a couple of people said, can you help me with my business? And I was like, well, let's find out. And I found that a lot of the business coaching initially was, was personal. They didn't, like I coached one guy, he didn't know how to talk to his staff um, when they didn't get something done. He didn't know how to hold them accountable. Well, I was an expert now in communication after all the communication courses I'd done. So I found that I was able to help him. And when he said, all right, I have this problem with the business, I may not have had the answer, but I had the questions. I'm like, all right, what have you tried already? And what are you thinking now? And how could you get the answer? So I found that the couple of business clients that I had, they were actually getting good results. Now, 20 years later, I've been in business for so long and I've coached so many business owners and I've gone and studied, you know, I read the E-Myth by Michael Gerber and I've done my own courses and then I've created my own courses. So now it's a whole different ball game. But initially I just said, I'm willing to work with you and let's see. And lo and behold, value, uh, value is there. So do you find, um, cause I, I, it was kind of a bit of a loaded question because I was curious, um, I think that most business owners need more on the personal side than they do on the business side. Because once you've been in a certain kind of business for a certain amount of time, there's not a lot to learn a lot of times. 
um, or you get stuck at a ceiling where your personal side is what holds you back or they think they can separate the two, right? And I think that that a lot of times with business owners that I talk to, um, they think that they're done learning on one side of the, of the coin. And when you really, they're, they're so intertwined, it's one coin, you know? And I wonder if you find that to be the same kind of thing. So when you have personal growth on one side that they translate it into the business or from the business side, if they're having growth or finding breakthroughs, that all of a sudden their personal life seems to get a little bit better too. Yeah, well, <laughs> as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, it would make sense for me to either focus on, on business coaching alone or personal coaching. I found that I'm unwilling to do that. And I think it's, it's partly because I just love personal growth so much, but it's also, you can't separate the two. <laughs> I, I've got one client, she came to me for business coaching. She's like, I want to double my revenue this year and I want to double my time off. And then two months into coaching, she gets diagnosed with cancer. What, we're, we're going to ignore that? No, that was what the coaching was about. It's like, how are you going to play this game given the information you have and given you don't know now how long you're going to live, it might be shorter, what are you going to do? And it was one of the most beautiful coaching sessions I've ever had and I've had other, other clients, like I sometimes coach executives and managers, and they want to try something with their staff. They want to try practicing curiosity instead of just assuming they know the answer. Get curious. I'm like, great, go home and do that with your husband. Go and do that with your kid. Practice curiosity instead of arrogance and see what happens. It's all intertwined. And, and I've had clients say to me, I'm not a different person when I go home. I'm the same guy at work as I am at home. And a lot of companies are realizing that now. So I am unwilling to separate the two. If you come to me and you've got a business goal, great, we'll get started there. That's fine. But you should expect that we're going to be talking about your communication with your kids. We're going to talk about what you're afraid of. We're going to talk about how you want to grow as a person. That stuff's going to happen. So as the focus of the show, obviously, you know that it is to give parents the tools to be able to talk to their kids, um, which I, I think that's the main premise of the show for people in the audience. But I also know that there are people that listen to this that don't have kids and use these tools uh, in, their, in their life as well. But when you have, because I, I really wanted to talk about that curiosity that word that you just brought up. How do you approach that with someone, you know, when, when you get, when you start into coaching with them? I want to, well, I guess I need to get into two questions. When you start into coaching with them, what do you let them answer what they need from you? Or do you have a program that you start with? Well, for years, I've done free form coaching. So it's like you, you come to me and we'll start with your goals. Let's, let's, let's start there. And then each week, it's basically, what are you going to do? What's needed? Are things great? Um, where do you get stuck? And uh, I like that. And I'm an improviser too. I've, I've done like being on stage in front of hundreds of people and I'm okay with not having a structure. And some people like that and prefer it. But recently I've created a program because some people, particularly with the pandemic, when people get concerned and they get afraid, they want to fall back, I believe, on structure. So some people want to know what are we going to cover so I now also have a program. It's an eight-week program called the Samurai Implementation Program. And we will start with your goals. Then we'll look at your productivity. 
Then we'll look at your mindset. Then we'll look at your leads and we go through over eight weeks. But no one's going to be a slave to that, particularly me. I, again, you know, if some, something, I, I, I just had a client last week, his product went viral. So he's now up until 4 a.m. fulfilling orders from home. So, you know, we threw the program out the window for that week and we're like, all right, what do you need? Let's roll up our sleeves. How are you going to handle this amazing problem that you've managed to generate for yourself? Uh, so the answer is, is, is both. I've got the structure there to fall back on if people like that and they can go and do the courses at their own pace. And then each week, what do you need now? I love that. Uh, I remember that commercial where the guys are on there and they launched their product and it's like they got a sale and they're all kind of like high-fiving. And then there's like, you know, then it, and it starts running and it's like the, the number starts going and it's like 30, 40, 50, 100. And they're like, this is great. And all of a sudden it doesn't stop. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like 10,000, 20,000. And then they're just looking at each other like, oh man, <laughs> what do we do? Right. That's a, that's a great problem to have. I, I had yeah. that problem. I had that problem uh, a few months ago. Uh, someone sent out an email saying, if you can get on this guy's calendar, you should, because he's an amazing coach. And I had 63 people go and book into my calendar. <laughs> wow. Was that an experience? But that, that's the kind of problem that uh, that I want yeah. for people, and that's that's I assume that's the kind of problem you want for your kids if they're going to be an entrepreneur that that they're going to face that. the The thing is, I think people go into business assuming that that's going to be or hoping that that's going to be the baseline that mm. is going to be like that, and that's not my experience. My no. experience that business is you do a thousand things, and nine hundred and ninety of them aren't going to work. They're not going to do anything. And you might have a few that that actually do well, and then one or two that take off, and you're like, "Oh my god!" But those moments for me are few and far between. So I wanted to circle back to the curiosity piece because I I think that that is a um, an integral part in building a relationship, right? Whether it's with as an as an owner, or I, I had to have that kind of epiphany in my life that I needed to ask more questions and have less answers. And I do that, I, I, brought, I, I brought that into my business and it made a very big difference that I needed to be asking them the questions, not giving them the answers, you know, and, uh, and then teaching people to ask their own questions of the staff that was underneath them. And so I brought a lot of that to my house um, with my kids. And as I've done this podcast, I've had some amazing people on here and they've reminded me to continue to do that like always ask where your kids are coming from when they make statements or they ask you questions that make you uncomfortable that you need to continue to turn the questions back to them and i wonder how do you is instilling curiosity uh part of what you do with your coaching side on the business side and the personal side or is it how do you instill that well it's something i try and practice myself and and i've gone and done well, less done, more taught courses, because um, that's one way to learn something, right, is to, mm -hmm. is to teach it. And um, we've even gone into prisons here in Colorado, and we teach something. And one of the exercises is curiosity. And, and it's still something I struggle with. I'll be honest, Cody, I, I come from a baseline arrogance. I have a, a default view that I'm pretty intelligent and in most rooms, I'm going to be the smartest guy. That's my default arrogance. And so that's the enemy. 
of curiosity. The ego, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as a coach, uh, I, I try and practice pure coaching sometimes, and which is I have no answers and I just keep throwing it back to you. Now, sometimes that's annoying. Sometimes they, they want my, my years of experience uh, in coaching and business and they want to know what are my ideas as well. So we try and mix it up. But there is an exercise. And when I first did this, I'll tell you the exercise and, you, and anyone listening can practice this at home. You set a timer for five minutes and you sit down with somebody and for five minutes, you are going to ask any question that pops into your head. You are just going to tap into your natural curiosity. You can sit there in silence for two minutes and wait if you have no question. And you just ask anything you want and the person can answer or they can pass or they can, they can do whatever they want. But five minutes, just curiosity. And I hated this because I'm like, uh, I'm not going to come up with the right questions and they might not like the questions. And what if I'm not really, I don't really care about this person. They don't seem interesting to me. Um, I was worried about it, but lo and behold, five minutes went by. We had a great conversation. A couple of things I asked, they were really lit up about. I asked questions that came out of nowhere and then we switched it and they were curious about me and I loved it. I loved the attention. So that's a simple exercise you can do with anybody. And when we got to five minutes, everyone was complaining. No, we need more time, more time. So my lesson from that is we all have it inside us. We have the curiosity and you tap, you, you made me think of something when you talked about with the kids. Uh, if your kid is saying something or anybody in the world is acting in a way that you don't understand or annoys you, here's a question you can ask yourself. And I got this from my friend, Deka Kunyov. What kind of person would say that? Or what kind of person would do that? So uh, as an example, I had someone who seemed to be cold with me. She seemed to be distant whenever I came to her house. And I didn't know what was going on. And finally, I asked myself this question, what kind of person would act like this? And then I, I got interested and I got curious. I'm like, I think I might have offended her. I'm sure I've offended her and I don't know what it is. So then I went up to her and I said, hey, I just noticed when I come over, you don't seem to be saying hi. And we used to get on better. And I'm thinking I might've offended you. Is there something I can apologize for? And she said, you know what? Actually, there is something. Let's talk about it. You, you know, do you want to do lunch? And I'm like, yeah. So all that came out of me, just asking that question. So you can ask with your kids, like I've got one client. She's like, how do I talk to my kids about COVID right now? And I said, well, you could ask yourself, what might they be going through? Like, what's it like for them to feel like their rights are taken away and that they can't, you know, like they're in a prison? Like, what's that like? What do you think? And so she started activating that part of her brain and she rattled off a bunch of ideas. And I said, right, now go and find out. Go and yep. find out. Just find out what it's like for them. Now, often we don't do that because... I think we're worried. We're worried that they're going to, they're going to be upset and it's going to be some emotion that I'm going to need to fix or contain. No, that's a whole different ball game. Just get into someone's world 
get into their shoes. What's that like for you? I imagine that'd be frustrating. Yeah, damn right, it's frustrating. You keep telling me what I got to do and I got to wear a mask and whatever. Wow, that sounds like that would really suck. Tell me more. Whole different ballgame. You know, what's really funny about that is that um, I think that anxiety of asking the question comes from we think that we know what they're thinking, right? And that's the anti part of curiosity. Right. That's that arrogance part as a parent. You know, it's one thing to be arrogant as a business owner. It's another thing to be, most of the time, I would find that parents are probably way more arrogant with their kids because we know better, right? But I would tell you this, I ask my kids, my son is, uh, is six, he's in first grade, comes home sometimes, and he still has his mask on. He's in the car with his mask on. I'm like, I'm like, buddy, you want to take your mask off? He's like, he's like, no, I kind of like it sometimes. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, right. and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, he's never going to be able to get through a whole day wearing this mask. And like, he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. Like he's totally okay. His paradigm is a lot different. And I think that that curiosity piece, especially as parents, helps us see the world from the, their view, which is a paradigm, right? And so I think that's an amazing approach uh to you know breaching subjects and understanding how people feel and where the, the way they see the world because the world is the way it is we just look at it all differently you know we use it from our own view a lot of well, times <laughs> well you know I don't, I don't normally go here in podcast interviews but what's loading up for me and it, it was already here from a couple of things you said earlier is i'm a huge fan of the movie the matrix i am too <laughs> and and one of the reasons I think it's so powerful is because it, it, well, it matches my current model of how things are, or at least as close to it as, as, as my brain can get. So I think we're all living in a matrix. It's like we're, we're plugged in and we're in this uh, artificial world, right? What Me talking to you right now might as well be a virtual world where I'm just plugged into some matrix. It's a dream world. And we live as if it's real and that's fine. I got no problem with that. I live as if you are real and as if you are a nice guy and I've got ideas and judgments and opinions about you already and about your show. And, and we live as if things are real. That's fine. That's how, and this, they're doing a lot of study on this right now that the ego, like that's, that's how we need to do it. If you touch a hot plate and you get burned, you don't want to keep touching that hot plate for the next five days to see if it's still hot, right? You learned when that thing's glowing red, it's hot. Okay, we file that away. That becomes stable data. Now, same with, you know, my girlfriend or my ex-girlfriend. She did this to me. Therefore, she's a bitch. That's become stable data. We build up all this stuff. And what they're trying to do, I think, with some of the research now into psilocybin and MDMA and some of the some of the medicines that they're studying is how do we take that part of the brain offline that knows everything, that knows this is what my kid would be a yes to, this is what my kid would be a no to, this is what's okay to do, this is what's not okay to do. How do we take that line and get back to a childlike view of the world where, and look, I'm not an expert in this at all. I'm a student of this, but I'm fascinated where we take the default mode network offline, like the matrix offline, and then see what actually might be possible. Get back to full on curiosity. You'll see people when they take, you know, mushrooms, magic mushrooms, they'll go and look at a leaf 
with absolute wonder because they're seeing it for the first time. They're not seeing it through the stable data. They're like, wow, look at the patterns in this. So I know I've gone pretty deep, but this, this stuff's fun for me. Well, that's, you know, there's a part of the matrix where, um, where uh, Neo sits up and he realizes he's a battery and he pulls that thing off the back of his head, you know, and he's sitting there and he gets flushed out and he's like, and then he realizes, wait a minute, I've been, that's when he like, you know, that's when he first pops out. And that for me was when I realized, when I started digging deep into paradigms and the way that you look at the world, that it's not the way the world really is, that you can control your emotions and you can, you can, even if you are going the wrong pattern in emotions, like you can stop, drop the baggage and completely change the way you feel about things because you've unplugged and it's not, it doesn't mean that that's the way the world is. And so it's how you're really looking into it. And so, um, you know, that's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting subject. Um, and, 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 and it's, you know, because my experiences have been this and I have this static data, David has been on his life. He's got his own static data. So when we have the same experience, we don't experience the same way. Oh, right. <laughs> and so, never. you know, that's why there's, that's why there's a whole bunch of different kinds of genres of movies, right? <laughs> Cause we all feel differently about everything. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I believe that I am in my own dream state. I'm in my own world with my own views of everything. I will never ever know what it's like for you to eat a bagel. I will never, never know if we're actually ever talking about the same thing. We'll never, ever know, but we can, we can guess at it. We can get curious and we can try. There's a process that they do here in Boulder and uh, other locations around the world called circling. And we sit in a circle and someone will facilitate and a birthday circle means one person will get all the attention. And if we were circling you, Cody, the facilitator might be like, all right, what's going on for you right now? And we'll all put our attention on you and we'll all try and imagine what it's like to be in your skin. And we'll keep on asking questions. What's that like for you? I, hey, I imagine that that'd be kind of scary. Is it a scary like, oh shit, I can't handle it? Or is it a scary like excited? Or is it something else? And we'll just keep on trying to get in your world. Who does that? <laughs> I, Sounds intense. I, was, I was like, this is a whole new thing. I, and I said to someone once, where's the coaching? Like, what if they're complaining about their girlfriend and this and that you can see the, you know, like, why aren't you breaking up? And they said, no, circling is a whole other thing. We just want to get what it's like to be them so that they're not alone in it. And if you do it deep enough, they will pop and they'll get their own insights. You just watch it. It's magic. And all this comes from one word, curiosity. Curiosity, right? I, it makes me that makes me laugh because I was thinking about a scene that I always kind of joke around with my wife. But uh, when white men can't jump, and uh, Rosie Perez is like, "Billy, I'm thirsty." He's like, "Oh, you want me to get you a glass of water?" She's like, "No, I want you to think about what it's like to be thirsty." You know, <laughs> he's like, "I don't. I just. Do you want a glass of water?" Like he's he's just totally numb to the whole thing so sometimes my wife and I are talking I kind of we, we talk about that scene sometimes kind of that's funny. that's I love that there's a YouTube video that's hilarious if you if you google nail in the head you'll find it on YouTube and and this guy's having a conversation with his partner and, and she's like I've got this splitting headache it's like a throbbing it's like something's actually 
in my brain. And then the camera, and he's like, huh. And the camera pans out and there's a nail literally in her forehead. And he's like, you know, you've got a nail in your forehead. And she goes, it's not about the nail. I want you to listen to me. He said, you know, I think it kind of is. And she's like, you always do this. Just, I want you to get what this feels like. He's like, if we just pulled that thing out of there, he's like, <laughs> you don't understand me. It's hilarious. Well, um, I want to shift with you a little bit because um, in in the interview process, kind of going through this, one of the things I, 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 I mean, it's not just a little shift, it's kind of a big shift. So um, one of the big things that caught the headline for me, and I want to, I, because I don't want to run out of time before I talk to you about this. Um, one of the headlines of the things that you focus on with business owners is doubling revenue by focusing on less, right? And it's shiny object syndrome. I have classic shiny shiny object syndrome 9,000 times a day in my life. I always have. That's why I think it's been me a good serial entrepreneur and it's made me a poor operator sometimes, um, you know, because I, I question the status quo and I want to go break it or fix it right? One or the other. And then, but the flip side of that is it's very difficult as a business owner to have that mentality that it takes to go for me from like a zero to hundred thousand dollar range, which I think you have to have some of that. Like you said, you got to try 10,000 or thousand things and 999 don't work. Right. So you kind of have to have a little bit of that, but I think on the focusing to double revenue means that you're already in operations and you're going after things. And so I would like you to kind of explain your five-step process that you have. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of dive into that for a little bit for me. Sure. Well, here's, here's the problem with doing a thousand things. Um, a lot of people are digging for gold. We're digging for gold. We're, we're digging a hundred holes, three feet deep. That's a problem when the gold's 10 feet down or 50 feet down or a hundred feet down, we're never going to get there. So that's the metaphor I use for this. So you might test a bunch of things. Um, I say a thousand things over, I've been at it for 30 years. So I've done a thousand, <laughs> 10,000 things. But as an example, right now, I'm t uh, I was testing traffic on LinkedIn and testing traffic on Facebook and testing traffic from appearing on podcasts like this one with you. Now, it doesn't make sense. The sh that, that's that could become shiny object syndrome if I just keep on trying different traffic sources and I don't actually pick one and go deep. Mm. Now, fortunately for myself, with a podcast, I have, I've done 140 interviews. So I've, I have chosen one to go deep in. You've got to do that or you're never going to know if it really works or not. Like the gold's a hundred feet down. So as an entrepreneur, we need to look at all the possibilities and then choose. We've got to narrow it down. So here's a, here's, I have, a, a, I think there are five steps. I've got at least three and I, and I have a cheat sheet. So uh, listeners, we'll give that away to you. Um, if that's okay, Cody, we'll Absolutely. give it away at the end of the episode. I have a cheat sheet so that you don't have to remember all this. But one, we have to start with where are we heading? This is at the macro level. So we go take 12 months out. We've got to know where are we heading? What are our goals? So that we know when other cool things come up, we know whether we should say yes or no to that. How would you know if you don't know where you're heading? So we start with 
12 month goals. I, since we're recording this now, early January, what a great time to set your goals for the year. And I think a great question to start with is how do I want to feel at the end of 12 months? How do I want to feel? And then we'll work backwards. All right. What do I need to be doing to feel like that? And then what goals would I need to achieve to get there? Then let's work backwards. So that's super macro. Now we go a little bit macro. We come back to say eight weeks. So eight weeks from now, what will I achieve to know that I'm fully on track to those 12 month goals? Now that starts to get real because before 12 months, uh, that's, that's way out there. It's, it's not, it's like pie in the sky, but eight weeks that's coming up. Then we move back further. The third step would be what are you going to achieve in the next seven days? Now I'll tell you, that's real. And you probably want to have the, I, I put those up as post-it notes uh, on a column on my scrum board right up in front of me. So I've got up here, uh, ping podcast hosts, get the PDF ready for a book that I'm writing, um, get the book covers ready and then get my dog documents, uh, documents for my dog for my Mexico trip because I'm going to take her with me to Mexico. <laughs> right? So this is the stuff that I'm taking on for the next seven days. That now we're starting to get to the micro. The next net level, this would be step four. I want you to know what you're going to do when you wake up tomorrow. Mm. I want you to know what your priorities are because there's a lot of things you can do when you wake up. And this is where you can get scattered and you could chase different shiny objects. And what a lot of people do, they check email. All right, you're gone now. For the next hour, two hours, you're off the reservation. Who knows what your goals were? So I recommend that at the end of each day, you have two minutes with yourself. Alarm goes off, four o'clock. All right, pick your two things for tomorrow. And here's the question to ask. If I only got two things done tomorrow, if that was all I was allowed to do, what would be the most important things that I would do? That's a great way to focus the brain. So if you do those four things, you got 12 months, you've got eight weeks, and this is all on the, the cheat sheet that you can download. It's a one-page checklist. And then you've got seven-day goals. I also should have mentioned you're going to need a date with yourself once a week. This is an item on the checklist. I have, a bo have booked 20 minutes with myself once a week to recycle those seven-day goals and choose what I'll do for the next seven days. So this isn't rocket science, right? I'm not, I'm not saying stuff that you know, should be blowing anybody's mind, but a lot of people don't do it. And I also don't think that's a problem. If entertainment is your goal, you don't need to do this. Just wake up and see what feels good. But if you care about results, like you want to double revenue over 12 months and you want to get really leveraged with your time. I had one client who had shiny object syndrome. He's still successful. He's making 60 grand a month, but he's like, my, my wife wants me to work with somebody because I, I, got, I just keep chasing every shiny object. I could use some focus. Can you help me? I said, yeah. So I helped him implement some of these techniques we just talked about. and he was able to cut his hours in half. He moved his family to Costa Rica, had his fifth child, and then started breaking sales records in his company, 100 grand a month, month after month after month. 
simply because we started working out what he was going to say yes to. And I had to talk him out of a whole bunch of stuff. He's like, I'm gonna, can I buy, I want to buy this company. It's a million dollars. I think it's a really good price. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Like Richie Cunningham on Happy Days. Ha, 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 ha. Really? Let's talk about it. We went into it. He realized he would have been so scattered trying to integrate a new company while also trying to achieve his current goals in his current company. He's like, all right. I see what I see. I see why I had you. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I love that because I have a process of I I line up the things that I want to get done, and then I pick the one most important thing. And if I do that one most important thing, if I get any of the other stuff done, it's fine. But it won't have nearly the all the other little stuff that I need to do won't have the impact of the big thing that I do that day. So as long as that one's done, because it's usually the flip reverse for people in business, they start with all the easy, small things and just start chipping away at it. And like, and it's always in the back of your mind, eating this, you know, valuable mental space that, ah, I got to get that done. Oh, I got to get that done. Ah, I got to get that done. And it's like, it doesn't, it actually hinders the, the little stuff because you leave with anxiety and you don't leave work at home. You don't, I mean, you leave. Well, now work at home, but, uh, you know, um, but you don't leave work at work, you know, and so even when you're present with your family or you're present doing other things with friends or going out, you're thinking about that big one that, man, if I just did that, right, and then and, but the thing is, you don't line up another big one until that one's gone, for me, you know, yeah. and so it's like, it, I, I can't do the next big thing if I don't do the first big thing, because that one is just a wall, or it's, I don't have time or all the little excuses that we tell ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What we, what we need to do is generate some accountability for ourselves. Mm -hmm. See, when you're, a, when you're a kid, you've got your parents calling some of the shots and working out some stuff. When you have your own business, or as they said to me, when you go to college and you start studying, no one's going to be writing you. You now are accountable. You're the one that's responsible. So you have to generate uh, internal accountability or artificial accountability. And one way to do that is, all right, I will set my goals. I will have a date with myself. If I don't, if I don't set my weekly targets, if I don't get those seven day goals and put them up as post-it notes by one o'clock on Friday, I have to pay $5 to somebody. I have to go and just pay five bucks because I didn't do it. That's a way that I generate some accountability so that I've set my seven day targets. So this, I, I hear you doing that for yourself as well. And what a great role model. I will pick what's most important and I will do that first. That's, that's like parenting yourself. I, I use that all the time. Parent yourself. Now, a second thing that you, that you're touching on here is the concept of, getting it done early versus later in the day. Mm. And they've done studies that show if you do math problems in the, in the morning, you're going to do better than if you do math problems in the afternoon. And they believe it's because you burn willpower over the day. You have a certain amount of willpower that you can handle for things. And then it, it's less at the end of the day. So when I wake up, I can tackle anything. I really can. I'll get my cup of tea. I might do some push-ups. I'll take the dog out. I, I stood barefoot in the snow this morning, right? You got whatever your rituals are, but then I can tackle anything 
when I've woken up. But if you ask me to do it at three o'clock in the afternoon, oh, I don't have it. So I, I, love, I love it. Do the two most important things first before you check email because email will hijack your agenda. Yeah, social Voice media messages. too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Social media, they will hijack your agenda. That's what you do more for entertainment. Check email in the afternoon because now you've already done the important stuff and you don't need a lot of willpower usually for most of the emails. And the thing is that I, I need to feel that I've, I've accomplished something or I feel bad physically. If I go all day just doing busy work, I'm not, I'm not in, um, uh, Alex Sharfin has a concept called momentum. It's called the entrepreneurial personality type. I love it because I feel what he's talking about. If I don't feel like I've accomplished something, he says we're evolutionary hunters. And if we don't go out and hunt, if we're sit around kind of, which is like do all the busy work, but don't go hunt the big animal, you know, or go, go hunt and knock and get the, move the needle, then you feel stuck and you're out of momentum and it physically bothers you and depresses you or eats your mindset or gives you anxiety or does all those yeah. things. Right. And it's, uh, it's such an important concept. And I, 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 that's why I definitely wanted to touch that base with you on how to break that back because I, I couldn't agree with you more on setting the goal out and then breaking it back, but actually having an agenda today to do it because we all, you know, want to be the, you know, we all want to, any business owner, you ask, do you want to double your revenue? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say like 95% of them. Some people are just like, no, 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 I don't more problems. I've already done that once and it's no fun, right? Exactly. Like, do this work, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, but, um, but you know, for that, that piece that say, okay, it's not just what do you want, it's how you're going to do it, you know? Yeah. And, well, you and, know and, yourself. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's super smart. I, I'm all into hacking our own brains. Like, like, again, parenting yourself. So, you know, and most people are like this, we want wins yeah. and we're driven by wins. So this process that I'm suggesting, you set your 12-month goals, you set your eight-week goals, you set your seven-day targets up on my scrum board when I... Uh, like I need to reach out to some podcast hosts today. That's my, that's my one thing. So after this interview, I will go and put it in my now column and only one thing's allowed in the now column. And then I'll reach out. I'll probably spend 30, 60 minutes reaching out to hosts. And then once that's done, I move it into the win column. And I enjoy that. Every single time I got a whole bunch, I just keep stacking post-it notes on top of post-it notes in the win column. Once it's done, feels really good. I'm a, I'm so, a cross, I'm a crosser offer. I, okay. I mean, if I start crossing those things, I'm like, yeah, that thing's done. Like I, and I, and I get done and I'm like, okay. And I find out when I do that, I can do so much more in three hours than I used to do in 10 hours when I would go to the office. You know, like if I hold myself accountable and put those goals on paper that I, I hold myself accountable to the things that I want to get done. And as long as I knock down the big one, it's going to really move the needle. The other ones I get done are just kind of like more endorphin hits for me, you know, but yep. as long as that big one's done, the anxiety's off. Yep, at, the end exactly. of the day, at the end of the day, what in the world did I get done today feeling is gone? You know, it was a waste of a day or I didn't accomplish anything or that stuff you leave as an entrepreneur and it just in your brain and you're, Ugh, you know, that stuff's gone when I, when I knock down that big one. And what's amazing is that when I, people talk to me and they see me, they, when they're like, oh, uh, you know, oh, I can't believe you, you did X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal to me. 
right? It's just it's just something that I did because it was on my list to do. Right. And I'm like, how'd you get the motivation to do this? You know, and it's like, I, I just was on my list. If I don't knock that one off, I don't care about the rest of this stuff. You know, everybody worries about the rest of the stuff. And so nice. I love I love that concept, man. Um, David, where do where do people find out more about what you're doing and who, who should find you? Well, I've got a link that'll take you straight to my website and I have a gift basket for, for listeners. So I put together a bunch of goodies. One is a cheat sheet with, with a checklist of what we talked about. So you can go through and say, all right, I got half of those already, but I, I need to work on the other half. There's a short video on how to implement the cheat sheet. And uh, you can even find out how to get a 15 minute double your revenue audit with me, if you happen to be a business owner, I'll, I can identify the low hanging fruit really quickly. And I don't charge for that. Oh, I so, love that. so you can get all three of those things. Plus I've got a new training on how to double revenue and your time off over the next 12 months. And uh, I'll give you access to that for free. And that's all at myfocusgift.com. Myfocusgift.com. You get everything right there. That's it, man. Putting out more and more good stuff into the world, man. I appreciate you for doing that. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming on Money Talkers. It was a, a wide range of topics we got into, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, my friend. Yeah, we, we went deep. Thanks, mate. Good to meet you. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at The Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker